God's good. Amen. Amen. You ready to receive the word today? I'll tell you, I've been meditating on this the last, the last week, and the Lord put a word in my heart. And um, I want to share it with you this morning. And hopefully I can cite it very well off the top of my head until this podium comes out in the name of Jesus. Turn with me to the book of Mark chapter 3 this morning. Book of Mark chapter 3. And um, while, while, while you're there, I want to share this. In the book of Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, Paul's writing to the church of Philippi. And he says this, now I'm confident in this one thing. Somebody say one thing. Have you ever had confidence in just one thing? One thing that you knew for sure without a shadow of a doubt that it is exactly what it is supposed to be. That your trust, your heart, your persuasion in that matter is exactly what is needed because you know what the outcome is going to be. Have you ever had that kind of confidence before? Maybe you were playing sports and you had an opponent that you were going up against and you knew I'm taking that opponent out. You knew that when you were getting ready to step into that, 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 that capacity or into that vicinity or in, into that, 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 that area of whatever it is that you knew without a shadow of a doubt, I've got a confidence in this thing. And Paul says, I'm confident in this one thing. Not many things, not a lot of things, not even everything, but he said one thing. Somebody say one thing. And he goes on to say this, that he who began a good work in you. Oh my goodness, that's a great time to shout right there. He, God, who began a good work in you, our God who put the stars in the sky, who put the fish in the sea, who put living creatures on this earth, who separated day from night, who gave you the very breath that you breathe, who began a good work in you, will not stop until it's completed, until the time of Christ Jesus. What I came to tell you this morning is that God has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life. He cares about your life. And no matter what season you're in, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're up against, the best is still yet to come. That this year, that what God started, he will not stop, but he will bring it into completion. But the, it hinges on this one thing. Are you confident? In other words, do you have a faith that will see this thing through? And as I was praying about this this morning, in, in this past week, the Lord brought me to the book of Mark, chapter 3. I want to read a few verses there. And we're going to quickly read this passage today. And this is where we're going to pull our thought from. And I believe that the Lord has a, has a word for you. Because I believe that today, God wants to level up your faith. God wants to level up your faith. Maybe you came in and you were feeling a little down and out. God wants to level up your faith today. Maybe you came in and not feeling very confident in life. God wants to level up your faith today because he's a good God. He's a good God. He's a mighty God. He's an incredible God. And as we turn our attention into this passage, the Bible says this in the book of Mark, chapter 3, starting in verse 1. If you're with me, say amen. And he entered the synagogue again. And a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had a withered hand, step forward. Then he said to them, 
speaking, Jesus speaking to the religious leaders, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. I want to speak to you from a simple title line this morning. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. Somebody say, stretch it out. Now, what we quickly gather here in this passage from the very beginning is that as Jesus entered into the temple, into the synagogue, that he spots a man that's in the congregation. And as he sees this man that's in the congregation, the Bible notes about the fact that he had a withered hand. Now, it's important to distinguish that his hand was withered, and it didn't say that it was deformed. It said it was withered and that it was not crippled. Because there's a big difference between a hand that is withered and a hand that is crippled and a hand that is deformed. A deformed hand might not look like the way that it was intended to be for various reasons, situations. Could have... Some people are born with certain deformities and, 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 and things that create complications. It didn't say that he was crippled. Because even somebody that is crippled can still have the capacity to move and have mobility. The man in John chapter 5 that was laying by the pool of Bethesda, he was a crippled man. He was a lame man. But he still had mobility. He says this. He says, but Lord, others get to the water before I do. That's why they're able to get their miracle before me. If only I could get my foot in first, I might have an opportunity to be healed. He was crippled but still could move. But the word withered means to shrink back. The word withered means to be dried up. The word withered means to be lifeless. And here's a man that Jesus sees in the temple and his hand is absolutely lifeless. And I was thinking about this because when I was younger and, 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 and I was uh, a teenager, I was playing with some friends one day and, and uh, we were in their backyard of one of my friends' house and uh, as we were running around, I happened to trip and fall. And as I fell, my hand hit the ground. It was my right hand. My ring finger hit the ground on a garden rock and not to be explicit, but my finger basically split into two. And immediately I was rushed to the emergency room. And you could see every bit of what would be inside of a finger. <laughs> there was the blood, the tendons, the bone. I mean, it, it was gross. I almost passed out just from the sight of it. And I remember we got there, and it just so happened that we were able to get a hold of the, one of the number one surgeons that operated specifically in this capacity and being able to uh, uh, do, do, do microsurgery with tendons and ligaments. And this man comes in. And he looks at my situation, he assesses it, and he was able to reattach the tendons and the ligaments so that I could be able to move my hand again. But if he hadn't gotten there in time, if he hadn't stepped into the room, I wouldn't have been able to have the mobility that I have now. Why? Because my hand in that moment was rendered inoperative to the point where if he didn't step in, then there would not be life that is now flowing in this hand. And I couldn't help but to think about this passage that here is a man with a hand that is withered. It is lifeless. It carries no capacity of life. But in walks a man by the name of Jesus 
What I'm trying to tell you today is maybe you are withered emotionally. Maybe you are withered mentally. Maybe you are withered financially. Maybe you're withered in your marriage today. Maybe you're withered in your body today. But there is a man by the name of Jesus who is willing to step into your situation and into your circumstance, who is willing to do a spiritual surgery and put everything back together because he who began a good work. And so Jesus steps into the scene and he looks at this man with a withered hand. See, the key to it is this, is you got to allow Jesus to step in. John 15 says this, that I am the vine, and you are the branches. And if you abide in me and I abide in you, then you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, apart from me, apart from me, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you won't have fullness of joy. Apart from me, you'll never have everlasting peace. Apart from me, you won't have wholeness in your body. Apart from me, you'll never know that I am Jira, your provider. Apart from me, you'll never know that I'm Rophe, your healer. Apart from me, you'll never know that I'm your sanctifier, that I'm your righteousness, that I'm the good shepherd that will give you a spiritual GPS that will guide and direct your steps. Apart from me... You will not be able to walk in full capacity and purpose in your life. And what I want to tell you is that God has purpose for your life. He wants you to be at full capacity. He wants you to operate at the 100. But it's when you abide in him. When you're connected to him. And my question to you this morning is, are you connected to Jesus or are you just connected to Sundays? Because when you're not seeing the fruit of God come in your life and you're going around feeling withered and you're complaining, my question is, were you just hooked up to the life on Sunday that was Jesus Christ? Are you hooked up to him every day? I don't want to abide in Sundays. I want to abide in Jesus, which is every day of my life. And sometimes we walk around and we, and we, and we, and we just even want to show off the areas that are withered in our life. And, 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 we, and we almost put it on as if we're the, the victims of the circumstance. You know the interesting thing? I spoke on this passage before. I'll give you a little historical background. You know how the man got this withered hand? You're not saying anything, so I'm going to tell you. Historical records show that this man was one of over 200 master masons. In other words, he was a builder that worked with stone. And he was a Jewish man. And he was, he was, he, he was absolutely at the top of his skill and his gift in being able to build and work with stones and, 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 and be able to, 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 to put together buildings. In fact, these master masons were the ones that were responsible to build the temple that we read about in scriptures. These guys took pride in their work. They were excellent. They were the most skilled. They were the most sought after. But they spent their time building temples and, and, and building different places for the religious leaders. And at the time, the Jewish nation was under the rule of Rome. And Rome came in and they saw these guys and they said, wow, we want to build our palaces. The Roman government said, we want to build our palaces. And we want to we, we build our, our, our places to be just like this. They've got to be big and grand and beautiful. And the religious leaders said, okay, but throughout the week, they work on the temple. And they said, well, when can they work? They said, well, there's only one day. They said, what day is that? And they said, it's the Sabbath day. Well, isn't that the day that they're not supposed to work? Yeah, but that's okay. It's their day that they can work on this. And in those times, you were not allowed to work on that day. It was against the law. You'd be stoned to death if you worked on a Sabbath day. 
And they gave permission to these master masons to work for the Roman government on their Sabbath day. And after years of constructing all these beautiful homes and beautiful palaces and all these things for the Roman government, they brought them all in when they had completed the project and they had hundreds of these master mason workers and their families there. And as they were getting ready to cut the ribbon, so to speak, and, and have that, that, that moment where they were going to celebrate with a big party of all the work that they had done for these Roman uh, 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 po politicians and, and different men that were in power. They had this big celebration for it, and they brought all these men and their family. And as they were standing before them, they said, today we celebrate the work that these master masons have done. But today we doom them, for they worked on a Sabbath day, which they were not supposed to. And they took all of those master masons and they crushed their hands, rendering them completely inoperative. So here's this man with a withered hand that is the result of these religious leaders. And the man is in the temple. We don't know if he's there by choice. Some say that he was there to serve as a point or a reference point of what not to do on the Sabbath. He was a spectacle. He was made to be a public example of why you don't work on the Sabbath day. And in walks Jesus. And he locks eyes with this gentleman and he walks right up to him. And before everybody, he says, is it lawful to save life or to kill life? He goes right up to this man and he's in, in the middle of this service. And I believe the Lord's going right up to you today and saying, you've been carrying guilt, you've been carrying shame. I know that you might feel like you've been the victim of a circumstance. Maybe you've been put in a position that was out of your control. But today, I'm coming to you. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart today. And as he steps in, he says this to the man. And I want to focus this as a point this morning. He says to the man, step forward. Step forward. Step forward. Step forward. Paul says being confident of this one thing. Step forward. I'm confident of this one thing that he who began a good work. This morning, step forward. This morning's your opportunity to be able to rise up just as this man did. And we don't know what was going through his head, but I could only imagine in this moment something was different when Jesus walked into the room. And when Jesus approached him and he told him to step forward, a boldness, a confidence began to well up inside of him. And he was willing to take a step of faith. Have you ever been in a place that you just feel like there is no other answer, you don't know what to do, but you come into a service like this and you feel the Spirit of God is alive and is active, and all of a sudden you just say, Lord, today i got to take a step of faith. i got to take a step of faith. I don't know what else to do, but I'm willing to step up. I believe that today the Lord is looking for those that are willing to step up. I believe that now is the time and the hour of the church that we need to step up. Listen, right now we are living in a time and a season where churches are withering, where churches are shrinking up, but God is looking for a people that are willing to be bold, a people that are willing to be confident, people that are willing to stand on the word of God, that are willing to stand in faith, that are willing to not tolerate the nonsense of the world, but are willing to allow the word of God to be premier in their life. I'm willing to step it up. 
I'm ready to step it up. This year, as we've got but precious months left, how are we going to step it up? How are you going to step up? Because, see, when you step up is the moment that Jesus steps in. And so this man, he steps up, and he comes forward. And I love this confidence that wells up within him. And he begins to move his way forward. You know, I was fascinated as as I read this. Because Jesus actually asked him to do two things. And this was the fresh revelation that I got as I was thinking about this. Is that he asked him to step up. Then he asks him to stretch out. And I thought about that and I was praying about that. And I was saying, Lord, what is it that you're trying to show me here? And he said, because in your faith, there is multiple levels that you can go. You can step up. But then there's some of us that God's waiting for us to stretch out. It's not so much about a step of faith anymore, but there's levels. The book of Hebrews says this. It says that, 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 that without faith, it's impossible to please God. But if you come to him, you must believe that he exists, level one, and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek, Le- level two. Because how many of you know in your diligence, it's not when everything is going to be all right. Your diligence is not when it is about all the proper conditions. Check this out. In the book of Matthew chapter 14, we have a story of another man who stepped out in faith. His name was Peter. Y'all know the story that we're talking about here. They were in a boat and the wind and the waves were all crashing in. It was a, a very messy storm. The men were full of fear. They were in the boat. They spotted Jesus. They thought he was a ghost. And they said, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come to you. Peter speaking. Jesus replies to Peter and he says, come. And what does Peter do? He climbs down to the, to, 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 to the uh, lower part of the boat. He gets out of the boat and he, what does he do? He steps. He takes a step of faith. He steps on water. I don't think it's so much that he stepped on water as that he really stepped on the word. The moment you're willing to step out on the word of God, things can begin to change in your life. You might feel like it's all crazy and you might feel like all hell is breaking loose. But when you're willing to step out on the word of God. But you know, here's what happened in that story. And the Bible says this in Matthew 14, in, in, in verse 28, as Jesus bids him to come, he steps out onto the water. And as he was walking, what happened? He began to sink. Why? It's because his faith was in him stepping out on the water. His faith was only about him stepping out on the water. God doesn't want you just to step out on the water. He wants your faith to be able to stretch past the weather. In other words, some of you are just looking at, okay, I took a step, I'm in, uh, here I am, God. And God's saying, no, but now you got to let your faith be able to stretch past what's going on around you. Some of us, we feel all confident and faithful and and we feel like, man, we got this thing under control. But the moment a Goliath steps into the scene, we're running like the rest of the Israelites. Why? Because your faith is not about a condition. Your faith is about a position. Your faith is about me first getting into position. That's my step of faith. But now my stretch of faith is about my faith now transitioning. So I need to have a position of faith where I step up, but now i got to have a transition of faith where I stretch out. 
The Bible talks about the fact in James chapter 1, it's the testing, the tempting, the trying of your faith. You got to work your faith. You got to work your faith. You got to work your faith. Your faith cannot be in the surrounding. Your faith is in you being in a surrendering, postured state. It's saying that God come hell or high water, I still trust in you. No matter what anyone says around me, I still trust in you. I don't care what the economy says, that you're the God that's my provider. I don't care what's happening in this nation today. God, it's still one nation under God. My faith is in you. It's going to stay in you. It's not going to waver. It's not going to look left. It's not going to look right. I don't care how tested and tempted and tried it is. I'm going to remain faithful in you. Why? Because he says when you are tested, tempted, and tried, it's the trying of your faith that will bring you to a place where you're complete. Oh, but God, you began a good work, completed into me. Okay, well, what about your faith? Your faith is given out every single time. You need to stretch your faith. You know why it's so important that you stretch your faith? Because life is in the stretch. Life flows in the stretch. Anybody ever woke up maybe this morning and you're like, oh, oh, I'm a little, a little sore or I'm a little stiff and, you know, ah, you got to get your stretch back. you got to get your stretch back. See, you can't go and have a New Year's resolution and a goal and say, oh, I'm going to go get fit this year and, and step into the gym and never stretch. You're going to hurt yourself. you got to get yourself loose and limber. Why? Because stretching prepares you to be able to have capacity. When you stretch yourself wider, it begins to give you capacity. And God wants you to be stretched in your faith so that when he gets ready to pour out a blessing in your life, you've got room enough for it to be contained. Some of you are saying, but Lord, I want you to bless me. And God's saying, you ain't stretched your faith out. If I release this blessing, it's going to crush you and you're not going to be able to contain it. I want blessings that I can contain, which means I want a faith that is stretched out. Lord, let me stretch out my faith. And here's this man, and he steps up. And I firmly believe this, that when Jesus gave the man the instruction, he was speaking to the man when he said step up. But I believe when he told the man to stretch out, he was speaking to the miracle. He was speaking to the miracle. He wanted to see, okay, you really about this? Are you really ready for what I'm about to do? And some of us today, we just need to simply step up. But there's those of us that are saying, but Lord, I thought you said, I thought you said, Lord, how come you're not fixing this situation? Lord, I've been working my, my, working my faith and God's saying, but I think you got more to give. I think you've got, got more stretching that you can do. I think your faith can still be able to, to stretch a little bit further. I think you can get a little bit more limber in your, in, in, in your faith with me. It's not enough. If it, I was having this conversation the other night and somebody said, man, I want to be able to go deeper with the Lord. I want to encounter God greater. I said, well, what's your prayer life look like? You want more of God? You're going to have to prioritize more time with him. You're going to have to stretch yourself. You're going to have to push yourself. Any athlete, anybody that's in, 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 in working out understands that. You want to be able to lift more weight, you're going to have to be able to stretch yourself, be able to do more and more and more. A lot of people, they go to the gym and I watch them, they're just on the treadmill doing the same thing every day. Nothing's changed. I saw one time this guy, 
when I uh, when I was working out at the um, at the at the at the gyms, and he came in with a Wendy's Frosty <laughs> on an elliptical machine. See, but that's the problem. We laugh at that, right? We want we want more of God, but at the same time, we still want more of the world. Hmm. <laughs> Y'all didn't come ready for this. I'm trying to help you today because you're saying, God, I need a fix. And God is saying, I need a flex. <laughs> flex your faith. Flex your faith. It's okay. Don't feel bad. You can flex right now. Flex your faith. Flex your faith today. Flex your faith today. Say, Lord, show me how I can flex my faith a little further today. Show me how I can flex my faith a little further today. Show me how, 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 can I, how can I flex it. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. It's interesting. When I got injured as a teenager, you know what the key was to me still being able to use my hand? It wasn't the surgery. It was the rehab. And the rehab was the stretching. It was the stretching. And the more I was able to stretch my hand and stretch my hand, the stronger my hand began to get. It's in the stretching. It's in the stretching. I'm trying to help somebody today. It's in the stretching of your faith. It's in the stretching of your faith. Why? Because life is in the stretch. Blood begins to flow when you're in the stretch. Life begins to flow. Blood begins to flow when it is in the stretch. Any woman that is a, is a mother that's in this place today, right, when you are carrying your child, what happens over time? You get a thing and it's not to be embarrassed about, but it's called stretch marks. And we spend all kinds of money for topical creams to try to, 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 to eliminate it and cover it up and all this stuff. But I want to tell you today that those stretch marks, that's a badge of honor. Why? Because life is getting ready to be stretched out. It's a, it's a stretch mark. Life is getting ready to flow. And the more that the stretching happens, the more the capacity becomes so that that baby can begin to uh, have that moment where it's going to enter into this world and have life. I'm telling you, life is in the stretch. When Jesus was nailed on the cross, what did they do? They stretched out his arms on the cross. And when they drove that nail into his hands and they drove those nails into his feet, what happened? Blood began to flow. Life began to flow. I'm telling you today that life is in the stretch. And until you're willing to stretch it out, you're not going to be able to see the fullness of what God has for your life. Stretch it out. Stretch your faith today. I want to close with this this morning. As I was just meditating on this day today, it's just these simple thoughts. Don't allow yourself to live a withered life. Something came over this man. Something came over him, and he just said, I can't, I can't live this way anymore. The Bible doesn't say that he said that, but I believe something changed in his heart the moment Jesus stepped in. And I believe no matter what your circumstance is today, Jesus is stepping in, and he's saying, don't settle for the wither. You know, we have that term that says, I'm under the weather. Some of you have been under the wither. You've been under the wither. For too long, for too long you've allowed yourself to be lifeless. Maybe you stepped into this year ready for God to begin a new work, but something happened in your life that caused you to feel lifeless. And though you come to church every single week, it's, it's like this, the man that was in the temple. He was, he was present, but he wasn't really present. 
And when the word wrapped in flesh stepped into the room, everything began to change. And when he spoke the word, the man took a step of faith. See, that's where if we can just start with the step of faith today. But I know that there's people in here that just feel like, man, God, where are you? And God's saying, you need to stretch your faith today. Stretch it out today. We have plants in our house, and uh, no, I don't water them at all. I don't take care of them. I watch my wife do it. If there's any truth of anything that I speak about when it comes to gardening, planting, or anything growing in our house, it is not I. It would be dead and withered. And that was actually the case uh, a couple years ago. She said, she went out of town for uh, some event or something. She said, hey, can you water the plants? And I said, sure. And um, that, I guess when she asked, she expected it to happen then. And I was like, well, she's gone for two and a half days. So as long as I get it somewhere in two and a half days, we'll be good. But she actually needed it done then. And so we had these plants, and, and as the day started, the plants, they were all blooming and shining bright, and everything was great, and it looked good and strong. And when I got to the end of the day, it was like looking a little lifeless, and it began to wither. It began to lose life. Maybe some of you have been at the start of the season blooming, feeling great, but now you're in a time where you feel like you're becoming lifeless, maybe you didn't get the promotion that you hoped for, maybe your spouse walked out on you, maybe your kids are just treating you poorly, maybe you're just mentally and emotionally tired because there's so much that is going on, maybe you feel spiritually bankrupt, maybe you feel like someone did you wrong, no matter what that circumstance or that situation is, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be under the wither because see, later on that day, I actually did water those plants. And she also gave me a secondary form of instruction, which was to make sure that you face it towards the sunlight. And it was amazing that what was once withering, now life began to produce and it became flourishing. God wants you to flourish this year. God wanted the man with the withered hand to flourish. And isn't it amazing how when Jesus entered the room and the water of the word flowed, and the light of the Son of God begin to radiate inside that place, that was what was once withered hand became flourishing because the Bible said that his hand was restored as whole as the other. Nothing broken, nothing missing, nothing lost. This year, I'm going to stretch it out. This year, I'm believing for greater things. There ain't no devil in hell that's going to make me step back and step down. There ain't no devil in hell that's going to keep me shrinking back. There ain't no devil in hell that's going to keep me from what God has prepared for me. There ain't no devil in hell that's going to keep me bankrupt, that's going to keep me in debt, that's going to keep me broken, that's going to keep me anything less than God's best. I declare that over your life today. I declare that over your family today. I declare that over this church today. It's time we get our confidence back and we begin to stretch back out. 
stretch back out, stretch back out. That might even be you in this morning right now. You're saying, Lord, I'm struggling, but I'm, ready, I'm willing to stretch out. I'm willing, by faith, I'm going to stretch out today. I'm willing to stick my hand into the unseen and begin to pull into reality the things that you have prepared for me. Though eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard, no either entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared. God has prepared great things for you. Just begin to stretch out and take hold of it. And thank Jesus that it is yours. Thank Jesus for your healing today. Thank Jesus for your salvation today. Thank Jesus for your peace of mind today. Thank Jesus for restoring your family today. Say, yes, God, I'm stretching out and I'm taking hold of that which you have for me this year. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hey, thanks for watching the Abundant Life YouTube channel. We hope that today's message has blessed your life. And don't forget, if you enjoyed today's sermon, you can always subscribe as well as share this message with your family and friends. Also, to support the ministry, be sure to hit the giving link located in the description below. Through your giving, we're able to continue to spread the gospel and reach our world with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. Also, you can join us Sundays for all of our stream services on Facebook Live and AbundantLife.tv. And remember this, that God is a good God. He loves you and He wants to bless you today. Take care.